0: And welcome to episode 31 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrand.
1: I'm Jeff Rarusi. Thank you for spending part of your day
0: with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The NHL draft is always an enjoyable time for the two of us, but with the NBA draft just days away, you still have the chance to win some money while you watch. BetOnline is celebrating the occasion with odds on who goes first overall, player draft positions, and how well the power conferences will be represented in the first round. But whether you're looking to place a bet on the NBA draft, the upcoming games in the NFL, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. To so head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future, do you believe? This week we will discuss the opening weekend of the college hockey season, but first... The Ivy League has announced that it will not be participating in any winter sports, including hockey, for this upcoming season. After a unanimous decision made by the eight Ivy League school presidents, the Ivy League has made the decision to abstain from participating in winter sports in light of a spike of COVID cases nationwide. Brown, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, and Yale will follow RIT and Alaska Anchorage as the total number of schools sitting out the college hockey season grows to eight. The athletes will be rewarded with an additional year of eligibility as compensation from being barred from play. The plan for the six schools remaining in the ECAC, Clarkson, Colgate, RPI, Quinnipiac, St. Lawrence, and Union is still unclear at the moment as the ECAC will be coming out with a statement regarding their plan in the very near future. So, Jess, just like that, half of the ECAC disappears right before our eyes. What do you think of this move?
1: Wow. I mean, I'm pretty much in state of shock. I think maybe the Ivy League schools might have been premature in deciding to just simply cut and dry i think especially since we've already started college hockey i think they could have waited a couple of weeks going to december let's see where it is it sounds like the bean pot is not going to happen in part because three of the schools are in the hockey east and harvard which is in the ivy league so i don't know how they'll have a bean pot with harvard gone where you go hi let's bring somebody else in that's sad because to me the bean pot is one of the coolest tournaments in the season. Yes, I understand. We're we're facing a surge right now, but if people were doing the right things, wearing the masks, washing their hands, all the little things, but it's their decision and unfortunately Kalachaki is gonna be a little bit weaker.
0: As disappointing as it is, Jess, not only do I find this not so surprising, I think it was almost expected. I mean, the Ivy League has been playing it safe ever since leagues started shutting down in March. They also come late to the party every year, and this year was set to be even later than usual. Something tells me that there was always a plan B in case this happened, so I don't foresee this being a major issue for the ECAC in terms of scheduling. And I'm very happy to see that these kids are getting an extra year of eligibility. That's always a big concern in terms of when the NCAA shuts things down. But let me tell you, if I was Cornell or Harvard right now, I'd be livid. Those two were set up to be two of the best teams in the nation this year. Obviously, you have to work with the cards you're dealt, but man, what a shame that is for them. Well, hopefully we'll get a statement from the ECAC on what's going on with the rest of the teams in the conference. But right now, I totally get it. I think the Ivy League was going to do what we all thought they were going to do. But like you said, Jess, there was a lot of time right now. College hockey has started up. Canadian junior camps are right around the corner, Jess. They're going to start very soon. The selection camp
1: is starting tomorrow. They're still planning on running the World Juniors starting Christmas Day. matter of fact, the United States plays Russia on opening night. The United States just had their camp a couple weeks back. So there's about 38 to 46 players showing up for Team Canada. Uh, If they do have it, it'll be in a bubble in Edmonton. And I think Canada's got a great team. I mean, if you look at the roster, the talent on there, three forwards and defensemen and three of the goalies have not been selected. Canada has a really talented goaltending crew. I mean, they got five goalies that I think could start for any nation. The Rangers, uh, Dylan Garand. The Northeastern's Devin Levy who I think are going to be 1-2 into the camp. On the roster, you've got Jamie Drysdale, Matthew Robinson, Braden Schneider among the defense. You know, the only player that I think I'm surprised not to see is Lafreniere. I mean, if he was playing for Team Canada, that would have made Canada the odds-on favorite.
0: So, Jess, we've seen that bubble hockey works at the NHL level. Conferences are going to give it a shot this year for college hockey. Seeing the way that this works and that the juniors is playing, college hockey is playing, does that make you think that the Ivy League made even more of a brash decision, seeing that hockey is working at a younger level? It doesn't take just the NHL to make it work.
1: I think so. You could have gone into the bubble. The Ivy League, if you want to do a condensed schedule... You go in the bubble, then maybe you've got the six Ivy League schools. You play a round robin. Out of that round robin, say like two teams, and then they go out and they play like a quarterfinal against the remaining ECAC. And then that way you determine who your league champion is. Hockey doesn't make a whole lot of money on its own. You know, the Ivy League schools, they can afford to say, okay, we'll cancel the hockey because they've got money up to you know what. But like these smaller schools, they don't have a Division One football team to back them up. So any revenue they make from their hockey program is vital. I think the Ivy League schools didn't take their brethren into consideration. And if it sounds like I'm just picking on the Ivy League schools, it's not really that I'm doing it. I'm just thinking that we're talking about the kids' lives While it's nice that they're going to give them an extra year of eligibility, if you're ready to graduate next June, are you going to stick around to play hockey for another year? How many kids who've got draft rights are going to jump the ship instead of saying, well, gee, I'll spend another year playing for free when there's the NHL ready to offer me some money?
0: Next up, we had the college hockey season open up this weekend. Looking back at the results, the Wisconsin Badgers swept the weekend with a 2-0 win on Friday and a five-3 victory on Saturday against number 20 Notre Dame, and number 12, Michigan took number 15 Arizona State to town with an 8-1 victory over the Sun Devils. Jess, do you have any major takeaways from this weekend? Uh Michigan. Wow. The thing that got me about
1: Michigan was all their freshman scorers. I mean, most of the offense that they had last night, I think they scored all but one goal. For Michigan, there was a question of whether they were going to be that good. And I know it was one game, and I'm going to watch tonight's game. Uh, Wisconsin, I caught last night's game on replay. I'd like to know, how did Wisconsin turn things around like they did? I mean, last year... They were just horrible. They took a good Notre Dame team to school in both games. I think it's it's good for Kalachaki that Wisconsin has a good team. They've struggled the last few years, you know, and they had actually better talent. Dylan Holloway looks like he's ready to take it to the next level. It ought to be good to see, you know, more than just one team in the Big Ten as a contender.
0: Now, I was out of the house all day on Saturday, so I can't speak much to those games other than from what I've read in the post-game. But I was able to watch all of the season opener, and I think Wisconsin has a real good chance to be a contender this year. Friday's game was a tune-up game. Let's just call it what it is. And it was a real sloppy start, but not in the sense that they were playing bad hockey. They just didn't look disciplined. It looked like their thought process was, oh my god we're playing hockey. Like, we're actually doing it. Let's go try and do everything we can right now. The truth of the matter is that they've been off the ice for a very long time. There's chemistry to build. There's routines to get yourself into. And normally, they're playing in front of a sold-out crowd. And now when you look up, you get to see Mom, Dad, and Uncle Bob up in the nosebleeds. So, there's a lot to get accustomed to for this season. But, both teams looked better the more they played, but Wisconsin looked like they were in charge all game, man. They did not waste a single opportunity given to them. They caught Notre Dame sleeping, and that's what got them the victory. Last year, Wisconsin would find ways
1: to give away the game to see what they did these first two games. Yes, I know it's just the opener, but this is was a long time coming for Tony Granato and his staff and they lost several key players. They lost, they lost Miller off their roster, and that was a huge blow. But to see them turn around like that, I enjoyed last night.
0: Obviously, if you look at Tony Granato's record as a head coach coming into this season, there was a lot of question marks for him. But Wisconsin looked like one of the most efficient teams I've seen in a very long time. And I think even if you were a Notre Dame fan, they had some bright spots. I know this weekend might be a little discouraging, but do not give up on Dylan St. Cyr yet. He faced a very potent offense, and he made some great saves. So I think as the season goes on, I think he'll be able to impress a few people. But like you said, Jess... If you're a Wisconsin fan or an Oiler fan, if you're not excited about Dylan Holloway right now, I don't know what more I can tell you. That guy was always involved in the action, a goal both nights. He's going to be someone that you need to shut down if you want to beat this team. He's going to be a star very, very quickly from just what I've seen this past weekend.
1: Holloway is one of those guys who's actually done the opposite. I mean, sometimes after you've been drafted, you tend to, you know, hey, I've got my NHL ticket picked, da-da-da-da-da. But Holloway, it seemed to have energized him. That wasn't the same kid I watched last year. I mean, last year, I, I didn't think he gave enough. I think he wants to put that program on his shoulders. And that's a great sign for Wisconsin because that might have been the spark that he needed to elevate his game.
0: And as exciting as Wisconsin is, are you not the most hyped in the country if you're a Michigan fan? Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Just like you said, Jess, we talked about it last episode. I said that Michigan got a little bit disrespected in the polls. And yesterday it made me feel very good about that take. You know, the freshmen are the ones that stood out. Maddie Beneers had two goals, Owen Power had a goal and two assists, Kent Johnson had four points. And all of those guys, all three of them, are projected to be top ten picks next year. All three of them going in the top 10 of the 2021 draft. Michigan didn't dress all their better players.
1: I mean, that's what really got me about last night's game. I mean, that's the kind of depth that they have in that lineup where they're going to be able to roll for. Wow. Hey, Big 10, you're in a lot of trouble.
0: 100%. But I don't want to kill Arizona State over their first game here. They've just got a lot to work on. You know, 16 shots on goal to Michigan's 37. Only eight of those came from players not named Johnny Walker. And they had seven power play opportunities, only took advantage of one of them. They've got a lot of tough games ahead of them. So I think they have the opportunity to take what they learned from this game and move forward with it. But boy, they better shape up quick because Johnny Walker cannot carry this Arizona State team to going where they want to go. I think they needed last night. I mean, You know,
1: it's hard to be an independent in today's world. You're going up against Michigan. Yeah, I'm excited to play hockey, but you find out that you're going to be in the Big Ten. There isn't any chance of any home games. It's going to be really hard to get motivated knowing that you're going to be on the road for the entire hockey season. So I think eventually Arizona State, who's too talented to be a bad team, I think they'll eventually go, let's make the best of this. I mean, we're going to play good team after good team this year. They won't get disrespected down the road. I think we're definitely not out of the waters with COVID. It's going to be touch and go for this entire season. Big Ten cut its intermissions down from 15 minutes to 12 minutes. One media timeout per period instead of the usual three. Uh, no handshakes. No post-game handshakes in college hockey. Wow. But, hey, there's good news. Did you see that Alabama Huntsville has uh, $17 million to stabilize the program? They're talking about building a new arena for them. Uh, it looks like uh, the CPR worked on Alabama Huntsville. I'm a Charger fan. I mean, uh, how can you not root for a team –
0: from Alabama playing hockey. Alabama Huntsville gets a a few million dollars in a new arena to help them out. ASU has a new proposed arena plan coming for the future. Things are turning up. As much as things are getting knocked down and closed out, Jess, we do have some good news across the college hockey community. I want to see more because we're losing two
1: schools with Alaskas. They're shutting down their hockey program. Anchorage has already decided that they're going to just simply quit. Thankfully, you've got Two new ones to replace it.
0: That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano.
1: And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for taking some time to
0: listen to us. And please stay safe out there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Take care.